Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 110 of the podcast that was originally recorded on April 6th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, played a little Rococo, made a few dresses and some jackets, got in some Queen's Architect, got in a few more games of Valeria Card Kingdoms, spent some more time with Trackmania Turbo and trying to beat some more scores, got back into Shroud of the Avatar and enjoyed some of the new things that they've added to that one in the last few patches. Some more Seven Days to Die as they have a new alpha that's out as well as a little bit of time with Motorsport Manager again. I also talked about a game that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to episode 110 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow us in our Board Game Geek and come there and chat with us some on Board Game Geek. Just do a search for what I'm playing now, and our guild number is 2440 or 2440. On Twitter, at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Google Plus, it's plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, last but not least, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into some of the games I played this week. I actually made it down to my local game store a couple of times this week for a couple of different board game nights. So the first night we played Rococo on Thursday evening, and Rococo was a game that my group played with five players and... Well, five players normally isn't a problem for me. For some reason with this game, I think this is one of the reasons it turned me off of this game a little bit. I posted a picture of this on the board game group on Facebook. A lot of people seem to like this game. I mean, mechanically, the game really fits in my wheelhouse. It has all of the types of gaming stuff that I enjoy. you got deck building, hand management, some area control, which isn't my favorite, but I mean, if there's just a little bit, it's fine. I mean, and set collection. I So there's just a ton of stuff in this game that is right up my alley as far as gaming goes. But for some reason, the night we played, I just couldn't get into this game. I don't know what it was. It wasn't the game's fault. There's nothing broken. After we were done, I actually mentioned to the guy who owned the game, I said, we actually texted him the following day. And I said, I go, we need to play this again. I go, but I'd like to try it with maybe three players. I don't know if it was the whole five player thing that really threw me for some reason with this game. I just couldn't get into it. I don't know if it was just the long downtime between turns. And I mean, I've played a lot of games where there's downtime between turns. I mean, Zaya lately, there's just, there have been some games where, you know, you have to pretty much sit and wait for your turn to come back around. And that's normally fine. But for some reason, this game just got me and I don't know what it was. So in this game, you start the the game with a small deck of cards, which are basically essentially your workers. And during the game, you're going to play the cards and you're going to perform various actions, things like hiring another worker, purchasing resources, I believe manufacturing clothes, they were calling them gowns and jackets, uh, or purchasing decorations for the ball. You can get rid of a worker. You can also dispose of a worker, and that will get you a certain amount of gold, which is one way to earn money, which is what I was doing. And you can also sell a piece of piece of clothing after you create it, um, rather than displaying it for points later on in the game um, and taking some of that area control part into the into aspect and working on certain parts of the board, you know, for like for for the area control. Now, with your workers, you really need to pay attention to see what each worker can do and what their special abilities are. Some are definitely going to be suited better at certain actions. Certain cards, you will only be able to play to perform certain actions. And some of your starting cards definitely don't have as good abilities as some of the other cards that you can recruit later on in the game. So you really want to watch and pay attention to the cards that are coming out each round 
which cards are available to purchase, how much money you have, and whether you need to dispose of a player or possibly try to make a quick gown or jacket and then sell it so you can possibly purchase somebody else to build up your deck of cards. Now, the game is played over the course of seven rounds, and basically at the end, you're totaling up victory points, and you're going to declare a winner. So I'm not going to go into too much further on how the game's played and what's all what all, what all goes about with the game until I get to play this one again, because like I said, the, this is one of the few games where, I mean, halfway through the game, I just was sitting there, and I was just like, I go, for some reason, I'm just not enjoying this. And I haven't had a game do that to me, and I can't even think of the last time that I had a game really much do that to me. And I know this isn't this game's fault. I mean, this game has a very high rating on Board Game Geek. Everybody seems to like this game. Everybody else at the table had an okay time with it. There were a couple of people who said it was a little dry. I want to play it again, like I said, with three players, and then we'll see how it goes. And then I'll give everybody another rundown of what I think, and maybe a little bit more details on how the game's played and what's all going on on your turn. But for right now, I think that's all we're going to say on Rococo and move on to then what I played a couple of nights ago, which was Queen's Architect. I was able to go down on Monday night, which I was very pleased to, because normally I don't get to go down on Monday night, or, or sometimes when I do go down on Monday night, I end up playing maybe the Pathfinder role-playing game. But I didn't have my characters with me or anything, and I wanted to stop at the store and just spend a couple hours down there real quick. And one of the guys brought Queen's Architect, so we sat down, and we started out with four players. Uh, we quickly lost our fourth player, though, as there were a couple of newer guys who actually came into the game store. He offered to basically teach them a couple of different games, so we just kind of let him go in the the three of us said since we already had the board set up, we're not playing the Queen's Architect World Championships or anything, even though it was set up with four players, we kind of kind of just pushed his stuff aside and kind of continued on. Since the only guy who really played this at the table was the guy who owned it, the rest of us pretty much considered it a learning game. So rather than wasting more time and resetting everything up after um, a fairly lengthy instruction, you know, explanation, because there's just a lot going on with this game. We didn't want to waste any more time. We kind of just wanted to get right into it. So one of the first things I'm going to say is I had heard quite a few things, quite a few good things about Queen's Architect, and I can see why. I kind of had a lot of fun with this one now. Uh, once we got it, once we got going after the first couple of rounds, I became very comfortable with the strategy for moving my worker around his board, performing the different actions, and looking ahead on the main board to see what locations I was going to be able to score at, and I really started to get into the game. And when you're moving your worker around the board, you can move him one to three spaces around his little tableau. Each one is going to do a different action. You could do actions like purchasing another character. You can do an action where you're visiting the, the inn and basically having one of your characters rest and basically be able to unturn them and rewind them a little bit to possibly get them to a better number than what they have. And the tiles for the characters, for the actual workers that you're purchasing, I think are one of the really interesting mechanics for this game. When you're purchasing the worker tiles, you're trying to get the best worker you can for the color that you need to be able to score onto the board when you're moving your little caboose around or your little cart around or whatever it was called. But you also really want to get the most out of that worker by spending the the most amount of, or, you know, probably the, the most optimum amount of money for him. So on the side of the board, there's there's a whole column of workers that can be purchased. Each possibly could be from a different trade and each kind of has a different lifespan we can say to them depending on where they're at on the board so the ones that are lower on the column are going to be cheaper and they may only give you one or two turns before they're actually expired and you need to dispose of them and they're no longer good to you or you can purchase something higher up on the board which is possibly going to cost um, upwards of about six gold pieces and they could last for many more turns so you really want to watch what 
other people are purchasing, how these workers are moving up the board and possibly becoming more expensive, but also possibly giving you more turns in their lifespan, as well as the numbers that are on those boards, because the numbers that you're trying to accumulate are what you're trying to basically accumulate to move your worker along the bottom of the the actual board to score the victory points on. So the trick is basically, like I said, kind of finding a nice mid-range where you have a worker who has several spins to them as well as having really good numbers um, during those turns and not basically overspending for them. I really liked a lot of the mechanics that were here. I mean, they seemed really refreshing, and I, I really enjoyed the strategy. I don't really remember playing a game where we have workers that are kind of spinning around like this. I mean, the closest thing I can think to spinning tiles like this would probably be Zolkin, and this, I could say, this really didn't remind me pretty much anything of Zolkin. Completely type of different game, but... Queen's Architect, I had a really good time with. Uh, I really can't wait to see this one get to the table again, hopefully with a the right amount of people when we start off the game and finish the game, so we're actually not maybe a person short. I'm sure the game probably seemed like we had a lot more to do in it, considering there were only three of us covering a four the four-person side of the board, so that maybe seemed why maybe things seemed just seemed a little more open than what they would have had we actually flipped the board over and gone to the, the two- or three-player side of the board, because there were quite a few fewer locations on the two to three player side of the board but like I said I still really liked a lot of the mechanics I once I got the hand uh, you know a handle on how the different tiles were working how they spun down what all the different spots on the board actually did can't wait to see this one get to the table again and really really enjoyed it all right and then after we were done with that we only had a little bit of time left before the store had actually closed so we got in a quick game of Valyria card kingdoms I've been playing this game quite a bit I actually had gone down to the store uh, the other day and had played this for quite a bit I got in then some on Monday night as well so Valeria has been a game for me that's actually been hitting the, the, t the table quite a bit. And everybody I teach the game to who says they like Machikoro is pretty much instantly purchasing this game and going home and pretty much getting ready to sell uh, Machikoro, I hate to say. I'm, I'm going to keep my copy of Machikoro, like I said in the last podcast. Machikoro definitely has a place and it is, it is a game within itself and don't expect anything more from it. But Valeria, I am just having a lot of, just a lot of fun with. Just the different combinations. Every game is differently because I keep mixing up what citizens are out on the board, what monsters we're playing with. Sometimes I'll go with a lot of higher level monsters instead of lower level monsters. Dukes add some real good randomness into it as well. And I think that's one of the things I'm having such a good time with. The events that um, have come about from the one expansion are really fun as well. When you get to play with the events, sometimes you're able to get the events that will give you a bonus when they flip over. Sometimes you're losing some of your resources. So Valeria Card Kingdom, I've talked about this on several podcasts. I'm not going to go into details on how to play it. But if this is one you have not gotten to the table yet or haven't seen played, I will definitely recommend checking this one out. Definitely not one to miss. I see that they had tweeted out um, that there is going to be an expansion coming out for this game soon. It seems like it's being sent out to some reviewers. So hopefully we can get that game in here and I can give a review of that and talk about that a little bit more since I have a really good time with Valeria Card Kingdoms and can't wait to play it again. So those were a lot of the games I played for the week. Let's jump over to some of the video games that I played. I continued my Trackmania Turbo gaming for the past week. I haven't been playing it as much as I did the first week, and I know that I have fallen significantly in the rankings in the state of Ohio, so I'm not really too worried about those anymore. There's just been so much other stuff going on. I really haven't had a chance to just sit down and play and concentrate on Trackmania Turbo like I would like to, so it's just going to have to be something I casually play and try to see what type of score I can achieve. Still having a lot of fun with this one. 
Like I said, originally disappointed that it's missing some of the features that some of the other Trackmania games have, but still one that I would recommend playing if you like arcade racers. Really a good one to see hit the hit the computer, and it plays really good on the PC. All right, and then I also jumped into a little Shroud of the Avatar. They had a release this past week, which was a very nice release, I must say. I've actually kind of shied off of playing the game quite a bit lately. I've mentioned I'm kind of really waiting for the next wipe to come about before I actually continue leveling my character up. I actually spent quite a bit of time crafting on Saturday because they did make some significant changes to the crafting window and the UI as far as crafting goes, as well as finally allowing you to craft multiple items at one time before you had to individually drag each item into the window and then craft it and then basically remove the items, put your next items in there and craft it. It was something that was very tedious and probably going to give most of the players carpal tunnel by the time we were done leveling up our crafting abilities. So it's nice to see that you can actually plop quite a few resources into the window now. Actually just have to click the button and let, let it go to town instead of you having to click that button for every item. I mean, before you really couldn't put any more resources in there than were required because if you tried to do that, the crafting basically would just sit there and say, I don't know what you're trying to do. The components in here aren't the proper amounts or aren't the proper components, so I'm not going to do anything. So it was really it was a really interesting, almost like an archaic crafting system, I will say. So I'm really glad to see that they've kind of brought it up to um, what more modern MMOs are doing. I will say also in the past several patches, some of the graphics and just the overall look in the game definitely has been getting some polish in running through some of the towns and just in going through some of the different scenes that they've created. I've noticed that they've actually started cleaning up some of the graphics and things are just really starting to take on a very nice look. It's it's just a very, it's turning into a really beautiful game. It, the graphics were never very poor to begin with, but it, they're, now that they're sharpening things up, and tweaking some of the colors and fine-tuning some of the things there still are some places where some of the frame rate isn't the world's best in some of the larger cities but i have a feeling once they release britannia the big city i this game is going to take on a whole new realm they also updated the skill ui and completely changed that around and how things are working they made that look a little more modern as well as compared to some of the other new modern mmos that have been out there so they've been doing some really good things with shroud of the avatar if you're currently looking for an mmo to play I will say check out Shroud of the Avatar, still in early access. Definitely read some of the disclaimers that they have on Steam if you're a little leery of possibly getting into something that is early access, that is not a finished product, that is something where you will not be able to keep your characters, and there is going to be, I know, one more deletion, at least, if not two more. I think there's one more wipe and then the final wipe. So it's something to keep in mind. Things still are not fully stable in the game, I will say. I've had a few crashes now that I've gone to Windows 10. I don't know if it's a natural Windows 10 thing because they have stated that their game isn't fully 100% compatible with Windows 10, but I wanted to get my computer upgraded to Windows 10 already. The next thing I needed to do was basically throw in this new hard drive I have sitting here and put the SSD I have in my computer into my wife's laptop, but that's that's a whole other story and possibly a whole other podcast. But for right now, if you're looking for a good MMO to play, Shroud of the Avatar is one that I keep going back to and I'm still having a lot of fun with. And then I got into a little bit more of Seven Days to Die. I restarted my game in that world. They had just released 
Alpha 14, and then I think they've released four patches after that. So I think 14.4 was one of the newest ones that was released in the past couple of days. That game also is a game that's really coming into its own. This game has been out for well over a year in early access. I mean, it's it's they're still considering it Alpha 14. Each Alpha, they're just adding more and more stuff to the game. That one is looking better as well. Uh, what some of these people, what some of these developers are doing with some of these early access games, it's really great to see that they're supporting them and actually allowing us to play while they're going through the creation cycle of the game. And it's rather exciting. I mean, both Shroud of the Avatar and Seven Days to Die, I have a feeling when they're actually fully released are going to be two very well-received games. I think Seven Days to Die, I, I thought I had read on their forums, on the pimp forums, that they have sold like 1.5 million copies of the game to date so far. And I, I have two in our house here because I have one for myself, and I had bought one for my wife because it was a game that I was hoping she was going to be getting into as well. So... Seven Days to Die, if you're looking for a nice survival game and you like a zombie theme on top of that, definitely check out Seven Days to Die. It's a really fun one. Check out a lot of their notes that they've released lately on the patching. There's way too much to talk about for that game as far as stuff that they've updated. When you read that, you will just scroll and scroll and scroll, and it is just a long list of things that were added, things that were fixed, things that were adjusted. Like I said, just way too much to talk about. That would that would probably take an hour podcast in itself just to cover all of their stuff just for that game alone. And then, of course, on my phone, I've been playing some more Motorsport Manager. I had actually won the second season in that game, and then when I went to the third season, I jumped into the British Racing League, I think it was. And for some reason, I don't know what I did wrong, but I went from winning the season to just about coming in last in every race, just about with my main driver who won the previous season. I actually kicked one of the drivers I had on my team and purchased a new driver. I've gotten rid of a couple other of my engineers and have tried to expand my workforce a little bit more. I'm a little low on money. I haven't really wanted to take out any loans. But for some reason in the season that I'm in right now, which I think is the third season of racing, I am just getting annihilated pretty much in every race that I've been doing. So I kind of want to just get through the season and maybe go back down to a lower level ranking and see if it's see if I just jumped up to a higher ranking too soon before I had I didn't before I just didn't have enough of my employees and all of the different places and where they need to be because. The game went from being extremely fun to me sitting there stressing out and trying to figure out what I just did wrong. So Motorsport Manager, I talked about this one before. It's a little game on Android. It was only 99 cents. If you're a Formula One fan and are into Formula One racing and you you don't mind watching dots race around this screen, and that's because that's basically the gist of the whole game. You're you're managing an F1 team. It's a, it's a pretty fun game, though, for 99 cents. Definitely something to check out. All right, and those were the games I played for the week. It's going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast, I think, than normal. But let's jump over to a game that I'm looking forward to playing. So I had seen a game called Clinic before, talked about on several of the different um, Facebook groups that I'm in. And Clinic is actually from a designer in France, and I actually ordered this game uh, this past weekend. It's actually not ranked very highly on Port Game Geek, but I think that's due to its extremely small print runs. I think the first print run that it had was literally only 200 games. I believe they did have another print one. I wasn't able to find out how large the second print run was, but I watched Rado's run through of this. I watched a couple of the videos. I've read quite a bit about the game. Basically, in essence, what this game is, it's almost Sim Hospital in a board game style, and that sounded kind of intriguing to me. It seems like it's a very, fairly hefty style game. It seems like it's going to be pretty heavy. Definitely between, on Board Game Geek, it's a weight between four and five. 
So I said, what the heck? I pulled the trigger. I ordered the game from France. It's actually being shipped now. Hopefully I will have this in the next week or so. I believe it's probably going to take about a week to get to me in the US. I also ordered all three of the expansions and I believe I took actually the last one of the last expansions he had. I think the second one he had only had one left. So I grabbed that. I believe you can get this game though from a couple of different online retail stores in here in the States. I believe it may actually cost you a little bit more than what you have to pay for from importing it from France. I actually totaled up what it was, what I pay, had to pay for it, and then what some of the U.S. retailers are charging for it. And I think I probably saved about 20 to $30 by actually going straight to the designer to purchase this one. So I will hopefully be talking about this one probably in the next two to three weeks. A game called Clinic, this was released, I think at Essen 2014 is when it was released. So it's a game that I had seen several people taking pictures of and, and talking about before on, like I said, some of the different Facebook groups, board game groups that I'm in. Very small print run. A lot of people don't know about this one. So hopefully when I get this one to the table, my group likes it. And I have a feeling they will considering it's on the little heavier side. So that is going to be it for this week's podcast, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining me. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join our guild on Board Game Geek. Just do a search for what I'm playing now or our guild number is 2440. On Twitter, just look for us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G on Facebook. Just search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, last but not least, is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. Be, I'll be back next week with another episode. We will be on 110 for the or 111, actually, for the podcast at that time. But as always, go play some games, and don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me this week, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.